You are listening to Synergistic Step Parenting Podcast with host Maria Nadipov, helping step parents transform family chaos into meaningful and harmonious co parenting. Hi, step parents. Today we are continuing our conversation about sex. And I'm thrilled to welcome back to the show my stepdaughter, Lila, who generously let me pick her brain about the sex talk. <laughs> In our case, there were multiple, which I strongly encourage all parents to do, which is to have multiple sex talks and not just one throughout a child's development. Lila and I will discuss why in this show, so stay tuned for that. We also discuss what was most helpful about our talks, how we curb the awkwardness, and what are the biggest issues teens are facing right now related to sex. Find the show notes for this episode at synergisticstepparenting.com forward slash 46. During this conversation, there are times when Lila refers to me as stepmom and other times that she refers to me as mom. If you're new to the show, I realize that may be a little confusing. She did share why that is during a previous conversation on a previous episode entitled Confessions of a Stepdaughter, Broken Silence, Part 1. And you can find the show notes for that episode at synergisticstepparenting.com forward slash 33. So be sure to check that out if you want to learn more about that. And now I am so thrilled to share this conversation with you all. So here we go. So today we have a special guest, Lila. Lila, welcome back to the show. We're really excited to talk to you and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me again. And you're such a brave soul because here you are, a teen, and we're talking about sex and you're totally willing to have this conversation. And I think it's really important. I think it's going to be extremely helpful and valuable to get your perspective and hear your thoughts. So again, just thank you so much for being willing to do this with us. I'm going to jump right in. What do you remember about our conversations about sex? We had it multiple times. Um, we uh, the conversations, right? Not you said it. I mean, that can be a little. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but if you can clarify that, we had oh, conversations. Yeah, we had, we, we had conversations <laughs> about sex multiple times. Um, they made me feel comfortable about it. They talked about it at different ages um, because as you grow up, your brain starts to evolve and you get more mature as you grow up sometimes. And as you hear it multiple times, it starts to stick more and more and it gets you more comfortable with the idea and what they're talking about. So it doesn't seem like, why, why are they talking to me about this right now? I'm only like four or five. Like, it doesn't make sense. But as... As you get older, you're like, oh yeah, so it might be good to start at a young age. Trying to start to get your brain to form what responsible, like, sex would be. Because a lot of people, uh, especially, like, teenagers, look at, um, say, like, porn as, like, what they should do. And that's the thing that, like, messes everything up. Because a lot of parents do also feel uncomfortable. But the way that, like, you guys talked to me about it made me feel comfortable because you guys shared experiences, what to do and not to do. But, like, you know. Um, I, I think we don't know, so it'd be great to clarify. Uh, and also, if you could clarify when you say they, who, are, who do you mean? Who had these conversations with uh, you? Um, my, my, my stepmom and my dad had these conversations with me. Like, when I was growing up, they, like, 
the both of them, specifically my mom, made sure that I knew what to look for when it came to condoms, how to put on condoms, and what to look for to make sure it's not expired or ripped. Um, Air high five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like while we're talking about it, we, we would always talk about what not to do and what you need and how to actually have a good time and not just do it because somebody else wanted to. Mm, consent that's another really important aspect of this whole conversation is really thoroughly identifying consent can you speak more to that how do you view consent and what things do you remember maybe to keep in mind or as you're evaluating um when it comes to consent you always want to make sure that you are respecting the person that if they say no then it is a no and if they say yes and then say no it's still a no because at some point they got uncomfortable. There was a video that I watched when I was younger. It was um, it was about tea, but it was meant to be consent. And he was talking about if somebody wants a cup of tea, then they will have a cup of tea. But don't expect them to want a cup of tea the next time they come over. And it really stuck to me. Because consent is a major thing. That also, like, a lot of times people are taking for granted, like... Drunk consent is not consent either. I, that At least that's what I think. Because they're under the influence, they're not thinking straight. So that is a big thing for me. Um, consent is something that a lot of people need to realize is very important. Because really a lot of people do take it for granted. Yeah, so well put. I'm going to still ask you more questions about how our conversations went because I think it's really valuable for parents to hear and even for kids to hear. What was most helpful about the way that we had those conversations? I know you mentioned some things, but feel free to just really spell it out for us. Well, you let me ask all the questions that I had. You gave me advice on what to do in different types of situations, whether they were good situations or bad situations when it came to sex. Um, obviously, as I was saying before, you taught me how to use a condom. Um, you let me just like speak. I feel like people always try to rush the talk and leave kids with no information at all. They're like, oh yeah, the birds and the bees. Like that conversation is not the conversation. Because, for one, it's not giving any actual detail about what could happen because kids don't really know. Also, when you, like, watch porn and stuff, it's not the same. It's really not. So, like, having, like, when, when we had the conversation, me and, me and dad, you explained to me that that is not how it's done. <laughs> it's, it's about really enjoying each other. And really respecting each other and making sure that both of you are comfortable in what you're doing. And to me, that really stuck with me. Because it's like both people should be enjoying it and not just one. And I, I think that is a major component of sex, whether it's oral or whatever different types of sex there are. <laughs> um, you should always find like pleasure in it. Both of you, not just one of you. I totally agree. And actually, that brings me to what I remember. And I want to know what you remember about this. But I remember I was talking to you about that, you know, you really need to be comfortable with some of this yourself for yourself and exploring yourself by yourself <laughs> before 
even considering joining another person to have sex. Is that, do you remember that too? And and what was that like for you? And what are your kind of thoughts and impressions of that now? At first I was kind of weirded out because I didn't really know what to do. Um, Over time, I kind of like understood it more and more. And now like I fully understand, but like when I used to see people, because I was one of those kids that would look at porn and think is this is how it's done before we had like the full-on talk about it um and so I would see different people like doing different things like people by themselves and like going hard and I was like is this really how it's supposed to be done like is this really how people are supposed to do things like this is this is really really doesn't look good and after you talked to me about it after you and dad talked to me about it, I realized that is not the way things are supposed to be done. Because um, that looks painful. That is painful. That's not pleasure. That is pain. Um, which some people are into, which is totally fine also. People, yeah. I'm not trying to like, if you are into that, cool. I'm just not one of those people. Um, but like, good for you if you like it. Um, good for you if you don't. But like, over time, it helped me realize what I want in a partner like when it comes to that type of stuff and what I need and it helped me really understand like my body more. That's awesome. So it sounds like you're saying that it was helpful even though it was awkward at first to understand and recognize as far as decision making and just what it is you like and what you don't like and what you want out of that kind of an experience. It was helpful for you to sit with it by yourself and explore and get clear on that before starting to try to connect in that way to another person. Is that right? Yes. Awesome. (laughs) What was awkward about those conversations and how did you deal with it? I was just really young, so I didn't fully like go through it in my mind. It was all just kind of like jumbled together. So I was I was just uncomfortable with like the topic. Like the way that you guys talked to me was fine. It was like the normal way that we talk in general. So that was like the normal part. It was just the topic that we were on. And like now, like talking about sex really to anybody is uncomfortable if you really think about it. It can be, sure. (laughs) A lot of people like in high school will brag about like sex. Like guys will brag about getting this girl. Girls will be made fun of for this type of stuff. So it's like, it's always kind of been an uncomfortable topic. Even even in movies, like it's a stereotypical thing that girls are dragged down. And guys are pushed up. And so, like, when I was hearing the concept of sex, that made me really uncomfortable because I was so used to seeing that. I was like, I will never have sex. And, like, I would try to convince myself that, like, I'm not going to be like this. And Was it your impression at that early young age that if you have sex, it's bad and it makes you bad? Was that kind of where you were? Yeah. I was told my many different kids and also like my birth mom and her mom um they would always say that sex was this disgusting thing and that you should never do it and that sometimes when you have sex it's mistakes so for the longest time I was I was being told that and it hurt because sex is a normal part of life and now it's like I hear about it all the time and now it's kind of like oh that's kind of weird to hear it at school or for people to be talking to me about it because that should be like a private life thing. Has your 
experience and our conversations hasn't made you more comfortable to talk about it though when it comes up and to friends etc yeah Mm -hmm. it has um one of my closest friends right now she came up to me and talked about her experience with it and she was just like i don't really know what to do like all this different stuff and i just told her exactly what you guys are talking to me about and she was just like hmm okay and then she kind of just walked away so i wasn't that sure she understood it but i think she did i hope she did you got the feeling though that it was somehow helpful yeah that's awesome (laughs) so the role reversal the cycle is complete now now you're out there spreading this information that's great did we do anything to help with the awkwardness through the conversations? You may have mentioned some, but if you want to give us the bullet point list, that would be helpful. What did you notice that we may have done that helped to make it less awkward? The biggest thing for me that helped was sharing your experience of all of it. I always felt like there was just like this big thing that like all of these parents be like, no, sex, no, like... That was the thing, and it freaked me out, so I was just like, if they're going to have this conversation with me, they're probably going to make it really lame, they're not going to answer any of my questions, make it really vague, I'm not going to understand it, and I'm just going to have to look it up online. But when I talked to you guys, you guys shared your experiences and what to do, um, and it just made me feel like more comfortable with everything. Awesome. When you say shared experiences, do you mean stories about like maybe embarrassing things or like worked well or what didn't work well all of it okay (laughs) awesome is there anything else that you can think of that was helpful talking to me like I was a person and not a kid like making me feel like not like a burden to talk to as well because a lot of people are like oh now I have to go talk to my kid about sex gross and like it shouldn't be something that's like a gross Now I have to have this conversation. But it's like, you really think about it. It just means that your child is getting older and older and starting to mature more and more. And that shouldn't be like a big thing. It shouldn't. You should be proud. You should be happy. I get that it's sad that your little kid is growing up and all this different stuff. But like, this is something that really needs to be talked about in detail. Like for a child to actually know, not even a child too, just teenagers, just people growing up need to learn about all of this. It, it'll help them so much in the future. I so agree because I think another big part of the conversation around consent and boundaries and sex is also intimacy, which isn't always sexual, but it's like a gateway topic to so many of these really important conversations that involve emotional aspects and to some degree physical aspects too. But all of this is just really, really important stuff to talk about in detail and have, like you said, Lila, multiple points of conversations in order to really explore. And the beauty is that the conversation can flow in whatever direction. So maybe one day consent and kind of emotional boundaries is the focus. And another day, it is more about more physical details or specific questions that your child might have. But that's the beauty of having multiple conversations about this throughout Just so everybody understands, it's not that it wasn't awkward for dad and me to talk about it either. But I think that's a really cool thing. And I don't know if you kind of sense this experience too, is we were all feeling our way through the conversation. It's just, 
as parents, we felt the responsibility that since we have more experience and we do know more, and we also want to make sure that you're set up with whatever information you need to make the best choices and decisions for yourself and to have a good understanding of what you want, we felt the responsibility to guide the way. So it's like, okay, we're just going to do our best and see how it goes and make adjustments as we need to. And there may be awkward moments and that's okay because in life there are awkward moments sometimes and it's about navigating those together, not about avoiding things for the sake of avoiding awkward moments because that's not really possible. Is that your sense too? I I agree. You as the parent, you're the one that sets up the vibe of the conversation. If you make it uncomfortable, then it will be uncomfortable. That's it. Like you are the one that makes everything. Children feel vibes. I know vibes is a weird word, but it's true. Like energies, vibes, whatever you want to call it, like they can feel it. Like whenever there's something negative going on, I have a good sense to feel when something negative is going on. Like it's really hard not to feel that. And when something is embarrassing or awkward, like you can definitely feel it in the air. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of different things. It's just really stressful. And you make it a stressful situation when it's not supposed to be. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) for sure I also remember we made some jokes and I thought that went really well to ease the tension (laughs) let that energy that nervous energy out do you remember that also I do yeah um (laughs) so that's a great way when things get a little tense or if you guys are just sitting there and like nobody wants to say anything (laughs) just make some jokes make some ridiculous jokes make some obvious jokes whatever Make some fart jokes. Do anything. (laughs) Anything to get a kid's attention too. Like something to reel them in. Mm. You know, something that'll really get them interested in the conversation. So it sounds like, are you saying literally based on their interests? Like if there's a particular show they like or if they like sports or is that what you literally mean? Like finding ways to kind of take those topics and put them into this conversation if you really don't know how to make any jokes or anything just find a way to make them interested in it that's what i mean so like through almost like analogies yeah okay that's great advice and that's perfect because i was gonna say how can parents support kids when it comes to sex as far as information and anything else are are there specific um anything else is really just like treat them like a person don't treat them like they're a kid that's what also like makes kids not like you i have to say i've realized that over time that the more you treat kids like kids and less like people the more that they start to rebel and the more that they start to hate you and like i'm not saying just like get out of their life don't treat them like they're like younger but like at least treat them like they're an actual person in this conversation let them know like hey i know you're young and like i know you might not get all of this but this is kind of like a conversation that i feel like would be good for us to have whether it's uncomfortable or not it's just a very important conversation because a lot of people are like oh this is just like we're we'll just like leave it at a few words and then you can go off with your day but it's like it's something that is so important that so many people are so uncomfortable with. But it's such a major thing. And you can't just leave everything to be unsaid. It's something that's major. Like, you can't take that for granted. You really can't. I totally agree with you. And I love her suggestion of name and call out and almost give a little warning. This is going to feel awkward. And I know it's uncomfortable. But it's too important 
to not talk about. I love that because that gets everybody on the same page and it makes the child feel heard and understood that, yeah, it's going to feel uncomfortable. Like this isn't your favorite thing to do right now and that's okay once you name it too the child just starts to feel more comfortable right away because they're just like oh yeah like okay now i know what's gonna happen so it's like okay like preparing everybody that's awesome i also suggest what do you think of this lila to say if it gets to be too much you can let me know and we can stop and then pick it up another day. Yeah, definitely do that. Like if you feel like your kid is getting way too uncomfortable or really isn't listening, then this is not the time to do it. Be like, hey, maybe we can talk about this like another day. Mm-hmm. I'll come up to you and see how you're doing. And we can Try go again. from there. <laughs> and another suggestion that comes to mind, and I wonder what you think of this is sometimes having the conversation sitting across from each other can be awkward because the expectation is that you're looking at each other. But a good way to start is maybe in a car where you're sitting side by side and if the parent is driving or something, or maybe you like park and are looking at the beach or something like that so that there isn't the pressure of having to make eye contact, but you're still next to each other sitting together So you can feel that energy that you were talking about, the vibes, but there's a little bit less pressure and feeling like there's eyes on you. Also, I feel like if you're standing and the kid's sitting, it's like a dominant thing. It it gets somebody really uncomfortable. I know that happens for me and I know it happens for you. Mm -hmm. And I just don't like it. Yeah, so being on the same level is important too, so that like you're both sitting. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Lila, for being here. And we've really enjoyed this conversation and appreciate your input very much. Thank you for having me again. And I really enjoyed this. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning into this important episode and conversation. I always love having Lila on. I find that not only is she great at openly sharing her perspective and experience, but she has a real knack for breaking down complex concepts and describing them in ways that are straightforward and easy to understand. To recap, we discussed number one, why it's best to have multiple conversations about sex with your child and to start when they are young. Number two, eight things to do to ensure that your child is comfortable, engaged, and is getting value from the conversation. Number three, what issues tweens and teens are dealing with most right now. And number four, what parents can do to best support kids when it comes to sex. I have some action items for you, probably not surprising. I would love for you to pick three of these strategies to try during your next sex talk with your child or stepchild and put a date and time on your calendar with a reminder to make sure that you have it. And please DM me and let me know how it goes. You can find me on LinkedIn at Synergistic Step Parenting or on Facebook at Maria Natapov. I'd love to hear what worked and what didn't and if you have any other questions that I can address for you. You got this. Until next time, be well. Thanks for tuning into Synergistic Step Parenting Podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform so you don't miss a thing. If you like what you hear and you find the information helpful, please rate us five stars and leave a review letting us know what you like about the show on Apple Podcast. Don't know how? Don't worry, we'll include instructions in the show notes. 
And if you know of other step parents who can benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. John Swain did our theme music. Thanks, John. <laughs>